This cast game, this cast game. I ain't selling my soul for this cast game. Ain't digging a hole for this cast game. Ain't happening, ain't happening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another rousing edition of Before the Three Count. I am the man with the plan, the one, the only G.A. West. And I am coming at you with the host with the most, the one, the only. Unnamed host, a.k.a. one of the extras from the Two Cold Scorpio music video. (laughs) Wait, were you the little kid that was playing basketball? I'm just saying, let's get stepping. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) But man, you should be in school. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that's a classic for anybody. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, in regards also, too, because I've been seeing watching a lot of old uh, wrestling, which had Too Cold, uh, you know, performing a lot. And I think I sent you a clip, a Twitter clip of uh, his highlights. Yes. So that which was crazy. To show how underrated he really was uh, in that day and age. Because I know you uh, spoke about how um, Brian Pillman got a lot of praise for his high flying, but he really didn't go. I mean, he. He wasn't off the ground, you know, a, a lot of times, but he wasn't too cold off the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It was interesting. Yeah, you sent me that clip. It was a, it was an eye opener for me um, because I'm like, we, we grew up in that era, and I remember watching it. Yep. Uh, but but I didn't remember just how much too cold like really did, you know. And I didn't catch him towards the end of his career. So when I got hip to him, it was during his Flash Funk days, and that was. Okay. I mean, not the end of his career, but like... No, no, especially considering he's still wrestling now. Right, right, But it was like, I don't know. I don't know how this... Well, that was the WWF Mom. version of him. Right. Well, I mean, even ECW, he got busy. Um, true, true. Yeah, I guess that was like the watered-down version of him, you could say. Yeah, yep. You know, uh, he had the go set. I guess that was like the beginning of the WWF-style wrestling at the time. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, but it was just amazing even you know, watch those highlights because weight-wise, he probably was, what, like 240, 250? I don't know about 250, but probably 230 to 240. He looked pretty big. Okay, and what, he, 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 what like 6'3"? Nah, nah, he's not a tall guy. Oh, okay. Nah, he's like 6'1", maybe. Okay. I mean, I'm still big in wrestlers. Well, for, for high flyers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it was amazing just to see like, you know, the the height that he would get on a lot of his moves, like the 450s or like the moonsaults or like, you know, like the all the sorts of different high flying maneuvers he did. But like we were saying, like Brian Pillman, I think he did like a cross body, which was like <laughs> an extent, or maybe like a you know drop kick here and there. Cross but, body and the drop kick, those yeah. big, big moves. <laughs> And he was flying Brian Pillman. And, you know, he was the innovator of the, uh, I'm trying to remember at that time, I think they called it the light heavyweight style. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the the only time I heard light heavyweight was when WWF had the actual title. So, like, light heavyweight title, like, briefly in their attitude era. Yeah, I feel like it. And I could be wrong. I'm like, maybe WCW did call it a cruiserweight back in the day, day, but I feel like it was light heavyweight at that time. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I feel like if well, I'm wrong, you know, I, I will, well, I'll fully take it. But well, uh, but I feel like he's still the light heavyweight. Besides him, what other opponents would he have during that same weight class? Brad Armstrong. Um, Brad Armstrong was the main eventer. 
light heavyweights weren't main eventers. Okay, I thought he was like enhancement talent. More or less. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm like, I definitely remember a lot of Flying Brian, Brad Armstrong matches. Okay, okay. Who else? Um, let's see. Who else? Z-Man, Tom Zink. He was in WCW? Yeah. We thought he was only with Vince with um, Martel. Uh, no, no. He was in WCW. Okay. He was with Brian Pillman and teaming with Brian Pillman. Really? Yeah, they started off as a team first. Oh, uh, th- really? Cause I thought Pillman was with... um Austin? Yeah, that was later. Much really? later. Yeah. So how early it, um was uh Pillman in WCW? Because I didn't I didn't see him until like nineties. I want to say ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, Pillman was definitely there before then. Um, Pillman was there in the, the late eighties, and uh, doing his thing with his little uh, Cincinnati Bengals shorts. Oh, okay, okay, all right. And, so uh, when he was in the tag team, was he more explosive, more high flying? I guess. I mean, no more so than he would be later. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. You know, gotcha. it's still the same, very simple, you know, high flying stuff. And it's he interesting. He wasn't doing What's that? He wasn't doing no flippity flips. No, no flippity flips. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And. uh but yeah, it's very interesting people's perspective on that. Because again, looking back on it, and I'm like, yeah, Pillman was like the guy. But I'm like, Scorpio was really the one that was doing all the craziest stuff off the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, how much better would Scorpio against Jushin Liger have been than Pillman against Jushin Liger? And Pillman against Jushin Liger was great. When was Jushin Liger in WCW? Uh, various periods of time. Really? Because I thought, I thought Muda was the only uh, guy from, you know... Uh, New Japan, Japan. whatever the promotion that was always big in uh, WCW. Yeah, um, no, Liger was over there for various periods, um, and him and Pillman had various feuds because they had in the early days of Pillman uh, that they, they had a feud, and then later in the Nitro years, I want to say Liger and Pillman was the first match on Nitro. Pillman wasn't with um, the WWF at the time. There wasn't the accident. Oh, after the accident, that that came a little bit later. Oh, okay. Okay, so throughout the um, series of matches, were they pretty decent? Yeah, yeah. No, they were. They were to me. They were the perfect blend of technical and high flying. Okay, okay. Um, if you had to compare that that those series of matches with like another series of matches, like the Booker T Benoit seven match series, who would which ones do you prefer? I would have to watch both to, okay. to really give a good opinion at this point. Because right now, I'm just going off of memories as a kid. Gotcha. And uh, I haven't watched any of the Pillman Liger stuff. Um, probably most recently would have been maybe about 10 years ago or so. Okay. Um, I went through a big Pillman phase. Um, but yeah, that was like a little over 10 years ago. What, what, what brought that on? Uh, when WWE did his uh, DVD. Oh, they ha- he had one for a DVD? Yeah, they had a Loose Cannon DVD. Oh, I do not remember this. Um, yeah. How was it uh, produced? It was good, actually. It was really oh. good. Um, you know, they covered, like, his whole career. Um, and then, you know, this is DVD days. So yeah. you got the, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a two-disc set. You had the one, yeah, it was a two-disc set. You had the one mm-hmm. disc that was, like, the biography. Okay. And then the second disc had like all the matches. 
Oh, okay, okay. Uh, thorough, a thorough amount of matches. Yeah, um, a good amount of matches. Like you know, and it's you know with Pillman, especially at that time, really the focus is on the gimmick. Right. Well, right, with that right. being said, like it had like some great matches from WCW, including yep. uh, matches with Liger, and then it had his WWF stuff with like the Hart Foundation and yep. Austin, and you had the whole gun. You know, when Austin showed up at his house with a gun and all that. And, it ECW stuff. Or yeah, that... yep, had a little bit of the ECW stuff too, like when he made his ECW debut and threatened to pull his junk out. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Um, yeah, so were you more a fan of the uh, babyface uh, WCW or the um, Wild Cannon gimmick? Yeah, I love the Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman. Loose um, you know, I, I've been a Brian Pillman fan pretty much my whole life. Um, okay, so the, through the various phases of him. But but yeah, loose cannon. That that was my stuff right there. I was like, oh, but you okay. Really wrestle though, as you know, with the loose cannon gimmick though, right? No, he really didn't. Okay. Um, he had a few matches, but you know, at that point, he was so hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you okay? Okay. But I will say, and, and I actually realized this Friday. Yeah. Um, I, I was studying some stuff uh, for my going into my match, and I realized I'm like, wow, like growing up. I didn't really care about the in-ring stuff. <laughs> you were yeah, more hip to the uh, the promos, the vignettes, the personalities. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, which is funny to me. Uh, I, I finally realized, because so- someone once asked me, uh, in fact, shout out to Dallas McCarthy. We'll have to have him on the show sometime. Um, but he once asked me, like, who are my inspirations growing up? And my first answer was Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Right. And he was like, what? Like, you know, and... It's like nobody says. Everyone says, you know, Michaels, Flair, like blah blah blah, blah blah blah. Yeah. And like I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just liked Steiner. And um, it kind of hit me though the other day when I was studying some match stuff, and I was like, man, like growing up, I'm like, yeah, I'm like I didn't care about the in ring. Like I, I was all about the promos. I, I literally have a six hour VHS tape that that is mainly promos of Scott Steiner. The Rock, and then you've got some DX stuff in there. Okay, okay. And that's when I realized I'm like, wow, like, yeah, I was all about the the promos and vignettes and personalities. I'm like, I really didn't care too much about what happened in the square circle. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, guys were you know allowed to sort of you know themselves a little bit to the extent uh back then so the <clears throat> promos were a little more you know had more you know personality behind them more spunk you know definitely definitely uh, uh real quick with brian pillman um yeah. what, what do you think of his son brian <laughs> pillman jr um what do i think of him well i don't know him personally no but <laughs> there you go but i mean i'm saying as a worker what do you think of, think of him <laughs> Um, so this is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, I want to like him a lot more than I do. Okay. Um, uh, I see things there and I think a part of it's cause I'm a huge fan of his dad. Yep. Um, but I see some things there that I'm like, Oh, like he could put this together. Okay. Um, but so far I, I haven't liked him and I don't know if that's because of the presentation in AEW because that's really all I've, I didn't watch too much of his MLW stuff I've seen a couple things. okay um, but really I, I know him from AEW and the Varsity Blondes correct 
and uh, I do not dig that gimmick. Really? Um, yeah. They don't want monster when his father and, you know, Austin was the... Uh, they were the Hollywood Blondes. Hollywood Blondes, yeah. But they got that, all of it. <laughs> and I get that, but I'm like, the Hollywood Blondes are cool. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. I loved the Hollywood Blondes. That was my team. I, when I... When I was watching at that time period, I remember used to thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to use this theme song when I become a wrestler. Right, right, right. right. What was their theme song? Uh, it was just a song. It was like... Okay. okay. And that was just it on repeat. Okay. Uh, you know, as a lot of theme songs at that time kind of were like... Well, I was going to say, there was no vocals? No, no vocals at all. Okay. Uh, but I, I remember just thinking it sounded so cool and the way they walked to the ring and they would do the like camera motion with their hands. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I want to be like that. And <laughs> to my credit, later on, I would go on to be in the team, the Beverly Hill Blondes. Okay. What promotion? So, uh, that was for CPW, Collision Pro Wrestling. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, yeah, so it was myself and Jay Buster. Ah, I remember right, that. Right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he and I, we were the Beverly Hills Blondes. We came out to uh, Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. Uh, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, so back to... Pillman Junior. Um, so yeah, you see, you're not thinking of varsity blues. What? I'm <clears throat> uh, not blues. Uh, blonde. Like, but... That's a great movie. I would never say anything <laughs> bad about varsity blues. But what? what I is don't it? want your life. <laughs> what is it that doesn't gravitate <laughs> uh, towards uh, towards 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 them? Um, so I mean, the varsity blondes. I'm just like, all right. So your gimmick is that like your high school athletes, right? Um, that that's weird to me. Yeah, because he's well, well older than uh, high school age. Right, right. At least yeah. like college age or something like that. <laughs> right. Collegiate like, bonds would make you know a little more sense, I guess, in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, so right off the grip, I'm like, yeah, I'm not digging that. Right. Um, and, and then just yeah, they were kind of generic baby faces. Well, I saw almost like a throwback to yesterday, I guess. And, and that's fine, but I'm like, yeah. I, I don't like generic baby faces. I got you. I got you. And, and so, so yeah, I haven't been digging it, but I do see things there that I'm like, oh, like, Pilbin, uh, he could put it together. I think he could be pretty good. I was going to say, so as a worker, like an in-ring um, He's decent from what I've seen. Okay. And that's okay. why I'm like, he's got he's got the pieces to the puzzle. I, I don't know if they're in the right places. Yep. Yeah. But uh, but I I think he could do something, and I and I will admit I'm biased because I'm such a big fan of his dad. Right, and you and but you were more of a fan of his father's heel time, uh, not as much as as a face. So you think if they turned him as a heel, he he can flourish more? Possibly. It's um, when, you, when you think about it, when people are faces, you're somewhat held down, uh, not held down, but like you're locked into limited. Yeah, you're lim- very limited compared to yeah. you know you have more things at your uh, you know disposal. Absolutely, that's uh, actually you know turning it on myself for a moment. Something that I've realized, um, particularly as I've been wrestling this past year at NCW, um, and I've been a heel, and I wanted to be a heel um, because I didn't want those limitations. Right. 
Um, and it's been great for me, but it's been interesting because I'm getting more cheers now than I did before as a baby. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Well, that's a good uh, segment. Um, we can discuss uh, your recent in-ring appearance at this year's 2022 uh, WrestleFest uh, and NCW. Yeah, man. Um, it was past yeah, Friday yeah. night. Yep. It's not like you had a big feud that you uh, were putting the cap on, uh, the, the, the feather in the cap on? Yes. Uh, myself and Derek Simonetti, a uh, two and a half year build. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Atlee Green, the man that I took out March 2020. Yes. He made his return this past Friday night to NCW to do color commentary. There you go. While uh, Simonetti and I battled it out. There you go. <clears throat> so, uh, first, uh, if you want to explain to the fans uh, how this whole, you know, feud started, because uh, it, it wasn't, you know, this has been a, in the years in the making. Yeah. Um, make a long story shorter. Yep. Uh, so, I used to be a big time babyface in NCW. Yep. And uh, in 2018, began my journey to the NCW championship. Yep. Um, lost it in 2019 um, to Todd Harris. Worked my way back up the card uh, to WrestleFest 2019 um, to to fight for the championship again, and yep. got cheated and lost to Todd Harris again. Yep. And uh, going into March 2020. Um, you know, I, 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 I knew I had to go back and get my title back. And yep. uh, it was their first show of the year, March 2020. And I was being interviewed by Atlee Green. Yep. And uh, I feel like he was being smart, a smart mouth, mm-hmm. um, and calling me the former champion. And uh, so I had to, uh, you know, I had to set him straight. Yep. Um, you know, like my main man Tasty T would do and be like, pause, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I let Atlee know, you know, call me the former champ. There's consequences to uh, yep. And I had to choke him out, put him in the front face lock, which is a uh, patented move of mine uh, yep. from my MMA days, and uh, choked him out. And that was the last NCW I'd ever even seen of Atlee Green. Yep. Um, as we all know, because uh, that, sh- that that show was March 12, 2020. Uh, <laughs> a week later, the whole world was shut down. Yeah. Uh, Crazy times. Yes. Um, and uh, so uh, NCW went on sabbatical uh, for the entire year 2020. Um, okay. And Osiris went on sabbatical for 2020 and 2021. Yep. Osiris came back to NCW WrestleFest 2021, so November uh, of 2021, um, and Osiris came back to help Todd Harris keep his championship, of all things. Or no, I'm sorry, to help Todd Harris win the championship. Okay. Um, of all of all crazy things. Okay. And uh, but then that led to you know this year. Um, and every show, so Derek Simonetti is the other commentator. It was him and Atlee Green on commentary in 2020 and everything prior to that. But Atlee Green, after he was taken out by Osiris, <laughs> and, you know, Derek Simonetti went through various commentary partners. 
And uh, I think now it's Derek Simonetti and Derek Conway is the commentary team. And uh, it's a great commentary team. I got to give them credit. Uh, the two Derek's. Mm-hmm. Um, but Benetti, um, all, all year has been giving Osiris the stink eye. <laughs> and then, uh, finally in October, uh, Simon A. So, uh, there has been a, um, so NCW has been without a commissioner all year. Okay. And, uh, so they've been, they've been having a series of debates and, you know, all that sort of stuff leading up to a, uh, they're going to have a public election. Uh, okay. They did this past Friday. I honestly, though, I wasn't paying attention, so I don't know who won. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a public election, and Simon Eddy was one of the people running to be commissioner. Okay. And uh, as part of that, everybody that was running to be commissioner, they got to be commissioner for one day. Okay. And uh, the day that Simon Eddy was commissioner, it was in October. Yep. And uh, he said that um, at, it was at the very end of the night. And he said his final act as commissioner for the night, just in case he doesn't win and doesn't get a chance to do this again, he, he was making a match official for WrestleFest, and it was him and Osiris. He was finally okay. going to get revenge for, for his friend, Atley Green. Okay, okay. <clears throat> and as you mentioned earlier, uh, Atley returned from his, his sabbatical. Yes, uh, <laughs> he returned, did commentary. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, so yeah, it was Osiris and Simonetti. Uh, fourth match of the night for for WrestleFest. Okay. And um, Osiris was out first. Uh, Simonetti came out second. Simonetti stood in the uh, aisleway, and uh, he he drew his line in the sand, if you will. Yep. Osiris to come out and fight. Simonetti is a fighter, a brawler, and uh, Osiris. It, it's interesting because Osiris isn't known as a fighter or a brawler. But Osiris is known for having the hardest strikes in pro wrestling today. There you um, go. So I think that makes him a fighter and or brawler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Osiris was ready to, to go down there and join him in the floor. And uh, they began fighting and brawling on the floor. Osiris took advantage because Osiris is the hardest striker in professional wrestling today. Um, and during that brawl on the floor, Simon Eddy, you know, he went into his wheelhouse and uh, we started fighting by the bar. Uh, Simon Eddie slammed my head on the bar table and then um, broke a bottle uh, over me, uh, <laughs> which uh, I will tell you a little bit behind the scenes uh, inside baseball. That was not planned. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm laying there on the ground and all I'm thinking is, oh, please don't roll in broken glass. Please don't roll in broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, well, thankfully did not. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we, we brought the fight back to the ring, <laughs> which is where uh, Osiris was able to take advantage. Because uh, that is Osiris's wheelhouse is in the yep. ring. Um, yep. <laughs> and, um, you know, the match, you know, officially began. And Osiris just started kind of chopping Simonetti down piece by piece and uh but Simonetti to his credit he's a he's legitimately a tough guy and he he brought the fight um to Osiris he he was fighting with everything he had and uh he ended up um you know beating Osiris up pretty good (laughs) and uh in a last 
ditch desperation effort. Osiris was uh, Simonetti hit Osiris with uh, something big. Uh, <laughs> oh, Saido <laughs> Suplex. Oh wow! Uh, yes, Saido Suplex, which uh, that's Simonetti's big move. Uh, interestingly enough, though, that's also the move. So Simonetti legitimately uh, has a broken neck. Really? Uh, yes, uh, he had to have neck fusion surgery. Oh wow! And uh, and the reason that that happened was he did a Saido Suplex on Brian Malonis. Okay, big guy. Uh, yes, um, and that's one of those things where I think you know in theory you're like oh he weighs x amount of pounds i can lift x amount of pounds so this will be really cool yep but but it's you know when you actually wrap your arms around someone that big and try to lift them over your head and suplex them uh well, might not go as planned yeah if the other person doesn't give a lot of you know give as well whether they give a lot of give or not i, I think it's one of those things where it's just like they're you know it, it's awkward you know True. Um, I'll say, like, you know, from anybody that's ever, you know, if you got to take out the trash and you've got, like, a weird box or, like, something or, you know, just something that's shaped funny, like, it, it's, it feels heavier to carry because, it, because it's awkward. True that. True. And, uh, yeah, so I think it was one of those situations where things didn't go right. And yeah, he unfortunately broke his neck. That's crazy. Yes. Um, but, you know, so here we are, fast forward to our match, and he hits it on me. And uh, I think he needed, uh, I think it stunned him a little bit, hitting the move. And, uh, and we'd been through a lot at that point. So uh, right. he wasn't able to go for the pin right away. Right. Once he kind of got himself together to, to get up and go for the pin, Osiris being the crafty jujitsu veteran that he is, right. saw the opportunity for the uh, triangle choke. Okay. Thunk it in tightly. Simonetti was falling asleep. Simonetti, with a last-ditch effort of strength, tried to do the uh, power bomb out of the uh, triangle choke. Okay. But, uh, Osiris, again, being the crafty jujitsu veteran that he is, he saw it coming. Slipped out of that, applied the front face lock. Move that took out Atlee Green two and a half years earlier. Okay. Simonetti started going to sleep again. He was almost out on his feet. His last bit of strength that he had, he threw Osiris off. Osiris okay. came charging in. Simonetti, with literally the last bit of strength that he had, hit the Stan Hansen clothesline lariat. Osiris literally did a backflip in the air and <laughs> landed on top of Simonetti. For oh, wow. One, two, three. That's an innovative uh, victory. I've never seen that before. Yes, nobody has. That I All right. All uh, right. That's pretty dope. You know, it's a new way. Yes. Um, and, 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 and I got to be honest, uh, again, a little bit of inside baseball. Yep. Although that was the planned finish. Yep. It was complete luck. We, oh, okay. We, uh, <laughs> We had three other finishes in case it didn't go that way. Okay, well, um, I guess more inside baseball. What were the other three finishes? Yeah, um, <laughs> so, so so number one, we, we weren't sure how the... Uh, well, actually, I guess, I'll, yeah, we'll go really inside baseball on this. Yeah. Because uh, the original plan finish yeah. was... Uh, so Simonetti, he had cut a promo before the match, and he had said that if Osiris yells out the name of his moves before he does them, 
Yeah. He's gonna kick his A double crooked letter. Okay. And uh, so the original plan finish was so Cyrus was gonna go for the final flash. Uh-huh. And uh which, you know, he yells it out beforehand, just like they do yep. in DBZ. Yep. And uh Simonetti was gonna elbow his way out of the final flash. Okay. Um but then Osiris was gonna hit a uh, rear naked choke. Okay. And just hold on for dear life. Okay. While Simonetti kind of ran around like a bull in a china shop until he, he passed out. Okay. So that was the original finish plan. So that was number one. Yeah. And then right. uh JC, the, the promoter and the booker and everything else, uh, he came in and he was like, What's the finish? And we told him, and he was like, Are you guys married to that? <laughs> And so, uh, we were like, into it, then. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were like, you're the boss, so what do you want? <laughs> you know, and uh, so he said he wanted some kind of finish where Simonetti hit a big move, yeah. but Osiris pinned him. Okay. And uh, so then we started talking about the Sayudo suplex because that's his big move. Yep. And uh, we were thinking maybe I landed on top of him off of that. Okay. Um, but I wasn't too sure about that. So I haven't taken a Sayudo suplex since like 2009, 2010. Oh, wow. Somewhere in there. Um, and that wasn't even in a live match. That was in training. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I've never taken a Sayudo suplex. Okay. Uh, so I was pretty apprehensive about that. <laughs> okay. And uh, we, we went through the motion a couple times in the back, uh, but without actually doing it, you know? Right. And it was like, okay, the motion of it feels okay, but I still don't know that I'll land on top of you properly. And, you know, he's got the broken neck. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I don't want to land on top of your neck, like, if that's where I yeah. land, you know? Yeah. So um, so we nixed that, um, and we were trying to figure out, like, well, what can we do? What can we do? And that's where uh, we came up with the clothesline idea. And, and we were like, in an ideal world, I would land on top. Like... Because he, okay. he was like, can you do the inside-out bump? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, at least that's what I said. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, well, maybe he's like, if you can do that and land on top of me. And then we were both like, that would be awesome if that could happen. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but uh, odds are. And so then we we're like, okay, no problem. We'll do the inside-out bump. I'm like, you know, we'll probably land with some space in between. And, uh, you know, we'll do that. You know, there's a pause. All of a sudden, like, I open my eyes and look and see, like, oh, he's right there. And I'll crawl over. Yeah. And do the pin. So that was option one. Okay. Option two um, was if for some reason I didn't do the inside out bump at all. <laughs> and it was just like a killer clothesline. Yeah. In which case, he would basically be on top of me. Okay. We, we would do where he kind of rolled off of me and, and I just kind of draped my arm over him. Ah, okay, okay. That that was going to be option two. Okay. And, and then option three was uh, if the, because the whole um, triangle sleeper into the powerbomb thing, mm-hmm. we were going over it in the back and he wasn't getting me up. So oh, I know. Like, <laughs> you know, for the for the power bomb, right? And um, and we were like, okay, well, because the the idea was going to be, if he couldn't get me up for the power bomb, then we were going to go into plan B. We we were just going to cut out the clothesline altogether. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to go from the triangle. Um, and then if he wasn't getting me up, I was going to slip out of that and, and go for the rear naked. Okay. Um, and then he would, from the rear naked, it was basically going to be a different variation of uh, Piper and Bret Hart, except in this case, Piper would have won. He, right. he was going to run me into the buckle. Okay. Um, and then fall, he would fall forward. Okay. And then I would fall on, and, and then roll to his back, and then I would fall on top of him. Okay. Okay. Man, y'all had a lot of different scenarios, huh? Yeah, because we weren't sure how it was going to go. Right. Um, you know, but but it ended up going way better than, than we thought. Um, the the powerbomb spot went fine. It wasn't yeah. perfect, but it okay. went fine. <laughs> like, you know? And uh, and so that everything else, and then yeah, that clothesline spot went perfect. Okay. Um, after the show, talking to a couple people, and they were like, "I've never seen anything like that." Right. Totally different. Yes. Yep. And uh, so that was really cool. I'm very proud and, of that. W. So now that concludes you you guys' um, program. Yes, that concludes things. We both, you know, I I got the win. I'm happy with that. Yep. And uh, he beat me up and broke a bottle over me, so he's happy with that. Okay. So we, we, we're, we're fine to go our separate ways. He, All right, he, cool. he got his 10 pounds of flesh, you know? <laughs> um, how was the order? Uh, large gate? Oh, my gosh. Um, NCW's biggest gate yet. Um, and uh, it was great. Uh, we were actually really late for the show. <laughs> Um, Doc Ozone wasn't feeling very well and so it took a little while for him to kind of get together Okay. and uh, so we got there after 7 okay and when, and, uh, when did the start? 7.30 oh wow so yes you yeah yeah um, so we got there a few minutes after 7 the doors opened at 7 yeah and uh, when we got there it was amazing to see there was a line around the building wow yeah not Dedham? Yeah, in Dedham. Okay, all right, cool. And uh, if I had to guess, I would say there was probably a little under 200 people there because uh, it seats 150. Okay. And there were people standing. It was standing room only. Incredible. Yeah, yep. So a little under 200 people um, and everything all night. Okay. Uh, you know, I uh, unfortunately didn't watch most of the show after my match. I had to heal my wounds. Yeah. Um, but I did watch the main event um, for the NCW Heavyweight title. It was Channing Thomas. Yep. Defending his belt against Darley Decima. Not familiar uh, with the second name. Yeah, he's, um, he's been around New England for a minute. Okay. Uh, he looks a lot like Elijah Burke. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And uh, but he's new to NCW. Okay. Uh, and it was interesting because uh, again, a little bit of inside baseball. Um, so NCW, something that they do um, that I personally like. Uh, there yep. were a couple people that were kind of making fun of it the other day, but okay. Um, <clears throat> so you know, and uh, some show from WWE down to any indie that's worth anything. Yeah. They have the card posted up on the wall in the back. Okay. And, you know, so that way you're on, you know, who's refing your match, you know, the details of your match, you know, who's winning it, blah, blah, blah. Right. And uh, usually the winner of the match, their name is underlined. And that's how you know who's winning. 
Right. Um, something that NCW does. And I think WWE might do this as well. I'm guessing this is where they got it from. And if not from okay. WWE, probably like NWA or something like that. Okay. But for the heavyweight title match, they never underline who's winning. Ah, okay. So so you never know. And a couple people were making fun of it in the back the other day. They're like, what is this? So the dirt sheets don't... You know? Uh, <laughs> But it's like, eh, so, you know, for, for those that are in attendance, you, you know, yeah. it adds some mystery for the, yes. the boys back. Yes. And uh, for me, it did because I was I was curious who was going to win because I was like, well, Darley's new to NCW and I don't know if he's going to be around. Right. Like, he's not like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's not like, a, oh, this is an NCW guy. Exactly. But Channing Thomas... Uh, I knew he'd be leaving NCW soon because he's been doing some really big things. Oh, okay. Um, you know, including, uh, granted, this was now, I think, a year ago, but uh, he was one of the uh, security for Goldberg's entrance um, at uh, SummerSlam. Not this year. I think, like I said, I think it was a year ago or something. Okay. But, but, um, but yeah, you know, he did security for Goldberg's entrance. He's been, uh, I think he's been on some AEW dark matches. Okay. So uh, he's, yeah, yep, he's doing his thing. Um, but that's what led me to believe. I'm like, okay, well, he'll probably be leaving NCW soon. Yep. Um, so I was like, who wins this match? And uh, Darley won the match, which yeah. surprised me because I was like, again, I was like, wow, he's not an NCW guy, really. Nope. But then they had Rob the Giant. Um, so NCW has what they call the Ox Baker Cup. Okay. That is their version of the money in the bank. Ah, okay, okay. And uh, so Rob the Giant had won the Osbaker Cup earlier that night. Yep. And uh, here we are, main event, and he cashes it in, and he beats Starley Decimot for the MCW Heavyweight Championship. Okay, rightfully so. Got to have one of your, your vets in the promotion actually, you know, handle the, the title if one of you guys is leaving. Yeah, yep, you know. I mean, such that... You know, Darby uh, was a transitional, you know, the quick transitional champ. But I mean, it is, you know, you got, it is what it is. Got to do business. Yeah, yep. Got to do business. And, you know, you know what? Good for him, though. At least he, he had the championship for a minute. Yeah, he went over on the top guy. Yeah, went over on a top guy. He will forever in the history books, NCW heavyweight champion one time. Yeah. And if he does decide to stay, they can build on that program between, between those two. Absolutely. You know, saying that, oh, you, you beat me when I was, you know, tired and blah, 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 type of thing. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, you know, has legs. But uh, it was, sounds great that the whole, you know, turn of the show went, you know, uh, without a hitch. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it was great night. Positive energy all around. That's, uh, I've got to say, that's my big thing, especially for 2023. Yep. <laughs> if I show up at a wrestling company and I don't feel like majoritively positive energy yeah I'm not going back okay okay that's, so uh, that's the reason why uh, you're not with another New England promotion that's not the official reason uh, okay but okay. with that being said <clears throat> I feel a lot of negative energy for, from from that place uh, okay. and, and I don't think it, it and it's I, I like the people that run that company I don't okay. think it's their their fault, but uh, but but yeah, I do. Uh, 
the talent that is there doesn't want to be there. Really? Yeah. That's unfortunate. Is it, it due is. to booking or pay? I think both. <laughs> and and I, I think it's one of those things where like people people get a thing in their head where they forget like this isn't your job. Yeah. So like if you don't like what you're doing and don't like what you're getting paid, don't go. So as far as oh obviously, you know, there's a lot of pay discrepancies with a lot of promotions, but as far as yeah. booking goes, do they not book in advance or is booked at the, the day of the show type of thing? They book the day of the show. Oh, that's terrible. It is. And yeah, can you have no cohesion if you just book in that twenty four hours day, you know, of the show? Like that is isn't not bad. That's not good business. I would agree. I would agree. But it's their model. It's what they do. How long? Or how long? How long have they been in promotion for? At least fifteen years, I think. Wow! And they've been doing that that same method. I believe so. I guess if it don't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But goodness gracious! And that's one of those things where I'm like, and this is uh, and maybe this ends up segueing and talking about AEW a little bit. But um, okay, this is my thing with AEW. So AEW. They they they're they're not growing. Really, they've got I their core they're... fan base. Yeah, but they can't like have um, ratings. Um, you know, million million viewers at each show. Not each show. Oh, and that's and that's the thing. Oh, okay. So they've got they've got a core fan base of about seven hundred thousand. Okay, but that's <laughs> going to be there for them all the time. Okay. Now, when they do these shows with like a million or one point two even yes. people, it, it's yes. you know coming off of something big or like CM Punk. But honestly, actually, yep. anytime yep. they've broken a million, yep. it's had something to do with CM Punk, one oh, way really? or another. <laughs> well, you know, he's a name. He, he is a name. Um, so, so yeah, anytime they've broken a million. One reason or another, it's been involved with CM Punk, like for better or worse, we'll say. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, whether it's him debuting or whether it's him leaving. Yep. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's always been involved with him. Um, okay. okay. But otherwise, they, then they go right back to their 700,000 the next week. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, is any promotion really good? Is like WWE, are they getting more people? Are they growing? Or is, is it still the core audience that they've always had? You know what I'm saying? Like, or TNA, like, is there any promotion that's really growing? <laughs> I guess, arguably, right now, no, no promotion okay. really growing. All right. Uh, so, so, AEW's not the only one, I guess. Yeah, they're not the only one, but they're the most uh, high new, profile. The new kid on the block. Yeah, they're the new kid on the block, so you expect them to be growing. Okay. But, I mean, to the extent they did when they first started, till now. Yeah. Okay. Because even when they first debuted, they had over a million viewers. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't think they were that, like, started off that strong. Yeah, opening night was probably their highest rated show ever. I think it was a 1.4. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Yeah, they didn't have all the guys like from WWE at the time, you know, like the CM Punk's or the Adam Cole's and all of them. That's the the OG roster basically of uh, yeah. AEW. That's yeah, impressive. It was, it was legitimately built off the back of, of Jericho, Kenny, and the Bucks. And the Cody. Yeah, and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely. But they they lost half of those people. 
Only Cody. No, no, I, I, I meant. Uh, oh, 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 I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. But yeah, uh, going back. So you're saying their book booking AEW is very similar to this other promotion, in, in the sense that they they <laughs> do what works for their core audience. Okay. And uh, you know, and their core audience loves the things that they do, but everyone else will tune in and then tune out. So let's play fancy booker then. Uh, would you if that if that the method to bring in your core audience? Would you keep that, or would you still expand on booking? months or days or weeks in advance I, I would expand okay okay because here's the thing like it's great to have and, 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 and I understand that I'm balanced because it's like you want to keep your core audience like that's yep. that's who made you yep and, and so you want to keep them but you and, and you don't want to lose them right but you you want to grow okay you want to you want to bring in more people you want to bring in more money well, is that more of a booking decision or more of a marketing decision? Both. Okay, because I would thought more as far as you know, getting you know your name out there and put you know uh, flyers and build this and the third. That I would think that would be more marketing than actually booking promos and matches. Uh, I won't really bring in new newbie people. It, it's both because here's the thing: you, you you do the name on the flyers and all that, the billboards yeah. that that gets them in, right? But then you need to keep them there. And you need you need good booking <laughs> and good matches for that. Good wrestling. That's true, but I mean, you can still book to their. You know, uh, you can still book like decent matches if you still have the same guys going from that core audiences that same day. I guess as well. So here's here's the thing with that. Yep. We're going to specifically talk about AEW. Yep. <clears throat> the AEW core audience loves Orange Cassidy, as rightfully should. Everybody likes what they like. <laughs> I like Hawaiian pizza. Uh, all right, there you go. There you go. But yeah. yes, uh, 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 Orange Cassidy, AEW, yes. Yeah, their core audience loves him. Right. But your non-core audience isn't going to get him. So your non-core no. audience tunes in. They're like, oh, we're here to catch some good wrestling action. Like we heard yep. AEW is where it's at. Yep. And then you see Orange Cassidy and you're like, eh. I'm gonna go back to watching WWE. Also, be like, oh, that's different. I want to see that again too. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. So like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's you know, it's heads and tails. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think uh, what's it? Shibata? What was it? I think it's Shibata. He wants to do. He is and wants to do a program with uh, uh, OC. They had a match. Uh, I haven't watched it. It's on my right. DVR. But it's, it's when you. Think of those two names in the realm of wrestling. Would you even put those two together? But no, and that's why I haven't watched the match because Shibata right. is one of my favorites of all time. He is my right. Japanese. Right, and he dug. He wanted to do a program with OC. So like, it, so he, so this. Yeah, but Shibata, Shibata's got concussion and brain issues. Uh, you're terrible. But uh, no, that's that's the truth. That's true. Right, fact. It's, it's not messing with his. What he thinks is good wrestling, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> yeah, you're terrible. But um, still, though, the fact remains. And you know, um, Will Ospreay, you know, had had a match with them. So I mean, the fact remains. Like there is something with th- this whole thing. But um, everything is ice cream. I, I will I will say this because I, yeah. I I I wanted to slap the man at the time. Um, <laughs> 
so I, I did security for Ricochet. Yep. And um, it was for an Evolve show. Yep. And uh, Ricochet, one of the coolest people I've ever done security for, I've got to say. AKA um, Prince Puma. Yes, AKA Prince Puma. And uh, he, he's just such a regular guy. And he's so humble. And just, Is he uh, big? No, nah, is he tall? No, nah, oh, he's, he's pretty tall. short. Okay, all right. Same thing with stature. Same thing with who? With, with his stature, like you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Um, so what's he like? I, maybe I was bigger than him in every way. Oh, so, so you think he's like maybe two hundred then? Not even. Oh, okay. Well, and, and to be fair, I'm trying to think of how long ago this was because this was this would have been before 2020. Oh, so you think he's on the Cowboys diet? No, 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 no. I don't think he's on the okay. Cowboys side at all, looking at him. But I'm just like, he might be a little bit bigger now, because I'm like, oh, that was over two years ago. Okay. So I'm like, you know, but but at that time, I would have put him at about 170. Oh, wow. And I'm like, maybe now he's 190. I'm like, I, I don't know. Okay, but yeah, I got At you. that time, because I'm like, at that time, I was about 185, and I was bigger than him. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but but yeah, but he was so nice, so cool. Um, but he was so excited for the main event that night, which was uh, Orange Cassidy against Velveteen Dream. Ooh, sounded like a dope match. And see, I knew nothing about Orange Cassidy at that time. Um, okay. And but I'm like, man, if Ricochet is like this kind of hype, like he's like, oh man, can't wait to watch that. And, and he's, you know, so I'm in security, so I've got to, I've just got to follow him basically wherever he goes. Yep. And so he's telling me, he's like, oh, he's like, when that match comes on, he's like, because, you know, we're at the autograph table. He's like, we're leaving here. He's like, we're going to go and we're going to watch that match. Yep. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, man, this Orange Cassidy guy must be, whoo, if Ricochet is like this, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm imagining Too Cold Scorpio, you know? Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> and like I said, I knew nothing about him at all. At uh-huh. all. Uh-huh. And uh, I just know Ricochet is hype for him and Velveteen Dream. Uh-huh. And, and I, so I'm expecting two cold Scorpio. I mean, I know Velveteen Dream. I know what he brings to the table. Yeah. Um, I had saw his match with, um, you know, uh, Black, the Alexander Black. Um, and uh, not Alexander, Alistair. Alistair Al- I was like, who's Alexander Black? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Alistair, Al- Alistair Black. Yeah. Um, oh, so man. I was like, What's that? Oh, Malachi Black. Yeah, or Malachi Black now. Um, so so I, I, I knew what to expect from Velveteen Dream, and I'm like, oh, all right, you know, I, I know what he's got to offer, but for Ricochet to be this kind of hype, man, this Orange Cassidy dude, he, he must be, you know, too cold Scorpio 2.0. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the match comes, and uh, Ricochet's like, all right, you know, he pulls me away. We, we leave the autograph table. We, Yep. go out to the back and we're watching the, you know and I, I see the the entrance and I'm like okay I'm like well, whatever like you know we'll see like where yep. this is going yeah and then uh, they get in the ring and they stare each, stare at each other for a minute Velveteen Dreams making all these faces and Ricochet not Ricochet uh, Orange Cassidy's literally just standing there with his hands in his pockets with sunglasses yep with his sunglasses and I was so confused right off the grip I'm like <laughs> okay I'm like but I'm like okay okay I'm like I get it like that's his name <clears throat> comes out he's got the jeans on and the sunglasses but you know he's yeah. gonna start getting down with some crazy high flying for Ricochet to be yeah. like so hype <laughs> and then uh they're, they're standing there staring at each other and then um 
Orange Cassidy like takes his hands out of his pockets and he does the little kick to the leg. Yep. And Ricochet like grabs my arm like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and Velveteen Dream starts mouthing off like, you know, whatever. Like, And then Orange Cassidy does another kick and Ricochet grabs my arm again like, what? Like, <laughs> and I'm just standing there, like, am I am I not seeing this right? Like, <laughs> is this maybe like in Dragon Ball Z, where like only the people that are that talented like can see what's actually happening? Yeah, you know, like, like Ball yeah. will be like, I don't know what everyone's looking at, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's how I felt. I was like, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I wasn't. That 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 was all there was. You know, I mean, it was a ten minute match that you know went on like that. And I guess you know, yep. if you're the type of person that likes that type of thing, then you like that yep. type of thing. Yep. I am not yep. the type of person that likes that type of thing, <laughs> and so I don't like that type of thing. Still, though, I was gonna say uh, those two did put on uh, uh, put on a good match, though. Which two? Oh, uh, OC and uh, Velveteen uh, Dream. I was at that same show. I think I saw you at the um, at the tables, the merchandise tables, uh, briefly. That's right. That's right. But I didn't know Ricochet was there. I didn't see him on the card though. Um, you know what? Different show. Oh, okay. Because so I was just thinking about. It. I'm like, no. When I when I was doing security for Ricochet, that was in Queens. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't at the Lowell show then. It was not at the Lowell show. Ah, uh, okay. All right, all right. Which at that show, I'm trying to think, did I do security for anybody personally yes. or did I just do security in general? I, think I feel like I think you just did security. But I was gonna say yeah. honestly, yeah, he didn't Velveteen and Orange Cassidy were both on the car, but they didn't face each other now that I think about it. Yes, yep. Um, but uh yeah. So um real real quick with Evolve, are they done? Yes. Okay. They are done. All right. What's that? The uh, Vincent and bought them out, correct? Basically, okay. They they, right. they 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 didn't buy them out, buy them out, but they bought the video library. Okay. And um, then when twenty twenty hit, everybody shut down. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Evolve never came back. Before they got what? bought out, uh, how long were they in promotion for? Because I never heard of them until people told me, "Oh, there's a wrestling show." You know, and low, and then I saw like the turnout was like packed. So I was like, "When did they pop up?" Yeah, they've been around for a number of years because they were around when uh, Danielson was still on the Indies with Ring of Honor. Yeah. Wow. So did uh, they ever come to New England though, or was this like? Recent? I'm guess I'm guessing they did. Okay. But like, it, it's funny because yeah, I. So I remember when they first started um, their, their first show, I thought the idea was really cool um, because okay. they were trying to be like an MMA style. Um, okay. But I, but but then like, I just, I don't know why I didn't follow them like after okay. that. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, they've been around for a long time run by Gabe Sapolsky, the man that started Ring of Honor. Really? So yeah. he did two companies at the same time? No. <laughs> Also, oh, uh, he what left he... Ring of Honor and then he started to evolve. Why did he leave Ring of Honor though? It seemed lucrative. I believe it was <laughs> uh, some financial stuff. Uh, uh, so they were in the ring. 
Yeah, like because Sapolsky started the company, right? But then uh, he sold it to somebody who okay. then sold it to Sinclair. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I think it was one of those like you know it was kind of a financial situation where I think the company was bigger than like it could sustain itself. Well, at, at its peak, it had a you know a hefty roster of guys. Yes, and uh, so, who's who? But I'd be curious to know if they were getting indie rates or if they're getting close to like big time rate, you know, paydays. They were probably getting somewhere in between that, and, and I think a lot of the the financial stuff had to do with travel. Really? Well, a lot of their shows weren't they mostly on the East Coast? No, Ring of Honor ran nationally. Really? But you got to consider, even when you're like, let's say you're running on. Yep. You got to pay to fly Samoa Joe from Cali. Right. That's true. A lot of guys. So that's what I said. They had a lot of problems with travel, like financially. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of it was stuff like that. Like the Young Bucks, you had to fly them from Cali. Christopher oh, Daniels had to fly him from Cali. I was going to say, that's impressive that they're flying their uh, talent to the shows instead of, you know, because the stories are guys always drove to the, to, or traveled to wherever the event was, not, you know, in reverse. Well, but here's the thing on that. Like, yep. and here's the part that people don't pick up on. So, and I'm just going to speak specifically WWE. Yep. Because um, I feel well. Actually, you know what? Let's start territories, and then we'll go WWE. Because everyone, I feel like everyone hears the stories of driving in the territories. Exactly. But it's like, yeah, you were driving because you only worked in like two states. <laughs> but they still have plane rides, you know, aka the, you know, all the plane stories of debauchery and stuff like that too. But but that's WWE. Oh yeah, that's true. So that's, yeah, that's no. why I say I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, but but starting off with the territories, you were working in two states, like you know, like yeah, yeah. And, and so that's why it was driving all the time, like because yeah, they'd be driving you know three hundred miles between place to place, but it was just the two states, like that's right. that's where you worked, right? Um, maybe three states, like if you were in a certain area, you know what I mean? Right, right. But uh, but yeah, so that's and then when you talk WWE, so WWE flies their talent out. Yeah to the first part of the loop. And then what, the talent takes care of the second half? Yeah, so like, let's say, and this is the old school schedule, but, um, and when I say old school schedule, I'm talking like early 2000s. Yep. That's the time period that I, I can be like, oh, I know people that were there at that time. This is what they okay. were dealing with. Okay. Um, you would wrestle <laughs> Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and then you'd have Tuesday and Wednesday off. Okay. So they would fly you out for Thursday. Okay. But then the, all the other towns were booked close enough that you had to drive yourself. So you take care of your rental, you take care of your hotels and all that stuff while you're there. Right. But it's like, yeah, they, they fly you out for, to get there. Right. And right, it's right. like, oh, like we booked all these places close enough together that you can drive yourself. Right, right. Okay, all right. But Ring of Honor was doing the opposite. They were just doing 100% of the travel, well, no matter the, where. Well, not no matter where, because if you live close, then you, yeah. you just drive yourself. But, right. like, you know, if they're running... But here's the thing, because it's an indie, they're not running yeah. five days in a row. So, nope. you know, you fly Samoa Joe out for your show Saturday night, and then you fly him home. Well, what do you think they were getting at the gate? You think they were getting a decent amount, or... Just breaking even. 
Um, I mean, when they were starting, they weren't even breaking even. They were losing money. That's why they had to sell. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, All right. So when he got evolved, do you think he learned from that and was able to sustain the promotion a little longer? Yeah, I mean, so Ring of Honor, I think, got too big too quickly. Okay. Um, Which is, in some ways, that's a great thing. Well, I mean, the same thing happened to ECW. Yeah, yep. Paul Heyman wasn't making money. He had to legit, like, shoot promos at his parents' house and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yes. And and yeah, ECW got... It's funny, because ECW had a very slow start, you know, Eastern Championship Wrestling and all that. Yep. But once it became extreme championship wrestling, like it, it got too big too quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, ECW was what from '93 to 2001. One? Yeah. So it still had a lengthy, you know, uh, career. But like, like we were saying, like it didn't really make a whole lot of money, I guess. No, and, and it's you know once it became extreme championship wrestling, which I think was '95 or '96. Yep. Um, that's when it blew up. Yeah. That's when, you know, you started having some really big name talents in there and you started having pay-per-view and yep. this is the dance. But well, when they signed with TNN, did that, did they get a decent, did, well, did Paul Heyman get a nice little payday from that? From what I understand, no. Really? And so here's what happened. Um, so before they signed with TNN. Yep. Um, they they were pay- and I actually literally just learned this the other day. Okay. Um, they they were oh, and I learned this from watching uh Kevin Nash. Okay. Um, he's got a podcast now. Yep. Click this. Yes. Yep. And um, he was talking about watching because uh, his host asked if they watched ECW. Yep. And uh, he said, yeah, he'd be like, it'd be late night. I'd be home in Florida, at like two in the morning. You know, you can't sleep. You turn on the Florida network and there's ECW on TV. Yep. And uh, his, his co-host was explaining that, yeah, at that time, ECW was paying all the channels that they were on to be on. But was it a lot of channels? Because the only channel I saw them on was the Spanish channel. Well, that was in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Okay. So that and so that's the thing. So like in Florida, they were on the Florida network. In New oh, York, they were on MSG oh, network. Oh, okay, all right. But yeah, so in Massachusetts, they were on the Spanish channel. But that's because that channel like was like the Massachusetts whatever that they could pay. Um, yeah, WAAF used to come on that channel too, um, for the, for the same reason because they they'd pay to be on that channel. Oh, okay. And. Um, so so yeah so so ECW was paying money to all these channels in all these states. Wow. Um, to get on, and the idea was they were hoping to recoup it. Basically, the, the, these shows were supposed to to get people to want to watch the pay per view. Okay. And then the idea okay. was they would recoup that money from the pay per view. Oh, uh, oh, that's the gates too. If they got the people to go to live uh, tapings in Philly. Yeah. You know? But but really, the, it was about recouping it at the pay per view. Like that's where you're really gonna get your most bang for your buck. Well, I was gonna say, do you think since all the pay per views were in Philly, uh, do you think if they expanded to other places, their pay per were not all in Philly? I thought. Oh, really? I thought there was always at the house of um, ECW. No, um, oh. they, they 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 did pay per views all over. I was actually at one of the pay per views in Connecticut. 
Oh, did they ever go to the South, though? I assume so. Okay. You know All what? Right. We've got the Google machine here. Let's, uh, let's see what the Google machine's got to say about it. Yeah. ECW pay-per-view locations. And was ECW part of the NWA territory? Because wasn't Shane Douglas the NWA champ at the when they first started? Eastern Championship Wrestling <clears throat> um, was part of the NWA. Okay, which is basically ECW. It's just a it this same promotion acronym. <laughs> yes, but um, you know when they became Extreme Championship Wrestling. And that's when Shane Douglas cut that promo and threw down the belt, threw down the NWA belt and, you know, crapped on Ric Flair and everything. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's when they became extreme. Oh, and, okay. Okay. All right. And they left the NWA. But, uh, but okay, so here we go. Um, so, yeah, so this is interesting, actually. I'm, I'm right now I'm looking at a listing of literally every ECW event and where it was located. Okay. Um, which is too big of a listing. Like, because right, I'm right. like, I just wanted the pay-per-views. Right, 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 right. But uh, with that being said, in 1995, all the pay-per-views were in Philly. Okay. Most of their events in 95 were in Philly. Uh, they had one event in New York. But otherwise, everything else was in Philly. Okay. 1996, we've got Philly, New York, Philly, Pennsylvania, New York, Philly, New York, Philly. So most of their stuff is in Philly. Okay. Except in August, they did a tour of Japan. Oh, nice. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, And then mostly Philly or other parts of Pennsylvania in 96. Okay. Um, 97 we've got Philly, Philly, New York Philly, Philly, Philly Buffalo um, Philly, Philly, Philly Fort Lauderdale, Florida oh that was there, okay so August 97 Hardcore Heaven pay-per-view was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida so it oh, seems nice. like at this point they're starting to branch out more yeah because I, I was just curious if that you know was an issue as far as them not Break, you know, making more money was them just being local to one region and that was it. You know what I mean? Not expanding their territory. Well, I think that was a good thing for them at first. Because I think expanding is kind of part of what hurt them. Oh, okay. Okay. Because now you got to pay more for other places, you know? Yeah, and for travel. Exactly. Because, yeah, I'm looking here in 98. Now they're starting to do Jersey. Uh, which they hadn't done before. Ohio, which they hadn't done before. Oh, in 98, the November to Remember pay-per-view was in New Orleans. Ah, okay, Louisiana. Yeah, yep. So, so yeah, oh. see, now they're starting to expand and and get out to other places. Um, and then in December, they went back to Japan. Interesting. Yeah, I'm uh, curious to know who they had on the card, um, if they had any, you know, uh, Japanese wrestlers. Because I don't think you um, wrestled for ECW. Yes, the main of so in December uh, '98 they did two shows: December 12th, and December 13th. Well, probably Tanaka and Michael Awesome. 
No. Uh, main mm-hmm. event of the first night was Hayabusa and Tommy Dreamer against Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Hayabusa? Wow. Yes. I thought he ain't wrestling at FMW. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, so that was the first night. And then the second night was RVD and Sabu against the Dudleys as the main event. If you were at that show, which main event sounded more interesting on paper to you? The first one or the second one? First one, only because when are you going to see Hayabusa? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's so odd that they did that the first night, not the second night, you know, right. to close it out. Maybe they were worried Hayabusa would be hurt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But okay. All right. But uh, yeah, so that's 98. Um, and then 99, they opened up the year. Guilty as charged pay-per-view in Kissimmee, Florida. East 99. All right. Right. Okay. And uh, then we got Philly. What's that? Do they show like Florida? Yeah. Yep. They like Florida. Um, Then you got Philly, New York, Jersey, Philly, Poughkeepsie. Florida's a wrestling town anyway, state anyways. It is. It definitely is. This is so interesting. ECW only ran once a month. What? Pay-per-view? Live shows. Live shows. Really? Yeah. Man, I guess it must have been great to be ECW working back then. All you have to do is wrestle one time out the month. Right. But you probably weren't making much money, so there's the, no, the cash but, point, too. But your body was able to sustain a, a career longer. Well, that style they were doing, probably not. Well, I mean, how many of the guys really got jacked up from it? A lot. They all, they all had lengthy careers. Who had a lengthy career from ECW? RVD, uh, Sabu, New Jack, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Spike Dudley, the Dudleys, uh, I guess Jerry Lynn, um, Kid Cat. I, I mean, it's, the, the list goes on. Uh, you know what? On another day, we'll get into that deeper. <laughs> okay. Like, well, what I'll names some arguments. Well, give me a, give me a name that didn't have a long career. Um. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> the pitbulls. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. But look, uh, Saturn. You know, lengthy another lengthy career. Uh, debatable. But I was gonna say, what happened to Kronos after ECW? Did he get back into the Indies or? He got back in the Indies and drugs. Um, uh, not good. Ran into him a couple times at Walters. Okay. Oh, he trained up there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was a New England guy. Yes, he is. Both him and Saturn are, are from Walters. Really? Yeah. Paris is from uh, Massachusetts? Yeah. Oh, wow. You ever listen to him talk? Like, he's got that Boston in him. You can, you can hear the accent. Hysterical. So, how old how old was Walter's school? I want to say it started in the early 70s. Okay. With, so, uh, with John you. Studd was his first ever student. I was about to or ask you. what they say. Na- I was going to say notable names in the business. So, Big John Studd, Triple H, Perry Saturn, um, Slick. China. Slick China. Really? Yeah, yep. She's from Walter's. Oh, uh, I guess April. Uh, another yep, name. April. Um, Frankie Kazarian. Really? Yep. He's from Walters. 
John uh, John Waters, I guess, is another name. Yeah, he was briefly. Oh, really? I thought he was there. All right, that was a lengthy time, but okay. No, okay. no, he was there briefly. He's a okay. uh, chaotic guy, I believe, though. Oh, and, and okay. And to be fair, so, so here's the thing. Because um, right before I started training at Walters yep. was when the whole chaotic thing happened. So, okay. So a little bit of history. Mike Hollow was the head trainer at, at Walters. Okay. And uh, from what I understand, um, so I don't, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, this is definitely what happened. This okay. is just what I understand. Okay. Um, chaotic. Basically, they, they they had like a big money backer. Okay. And they offered Hollow like a ton of money to be like, you can just be a full time wrestling trainer with us. Yeah, you gotta pay your bills. Right. Right. You know, can't can't hate on that. Nope. Um, you know, and so from what I understand, he left Walters um, and, you know, basically started up chaotic. And it was kind of like actually doing the training at Killer Kowalski School. Okay. Okay. Um, and so that's how chaotic. Kind of, and, and he took like half the Kowalski students that were there. That Like there, there became like a big split, you know. It was on some like, okay. Yeah, some ruthless death pro. Like when, when, when Dr. Dre left ruthless, he's like, I'm, I'm taking so-and-so with me. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. It was like that kind of situation. I got you. I got and, you. Uh, so, so, that's why, so when I first started training, like I was a very anti-chaotic person. Okay. Because okay. that's what I was brought up with. Like, I was like, oh, those guys are bad. Those guys are evil. I got you. I got you. So if you had to say, who, who brought more names into the business? Would you say Walter or like, uh, like the dungeon? Probably arguable. Uh, okay. For, for, okay. Uh, you know, for um, you know, if we're talking big names, still yep. it's pretty arguable. That's what uh, I'm saying. So, kind of thing of like other, kind of, all right, you got the done. I, I guess the Samoan School, they got some big names too. Um, that into the business. And I'm trying to think. I don't is feel like the Samoans really have any that that many big names? Well, the Rock, I think, came through them. Obviously, no, he did not. Really, he didn't go through his uncles. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm like, really? They don't have that many big names. I'm like... Roman and, and all, you know, uh, obviously Uso probably maybe uh, Rakishi himself, uh, I think was trained with by his uncles. Um, the other head shrinker. Uh, yeah, I'm like, Rakishi might have some big names under him. Yeah, but he's a tree of alpha, like from their teaching, from their schooling though, right? So isn't that like almost like a... It's like a Dr. Dre NWA tree, you know what I'm saying? Like Dr. Dre has, you know, you know, he brought out Ice Cube, brought out like Westside Connection, and he also had like Eminem who brought in a 50, you know what I'm saying? Like it's still okay. from the circuit, I guess you could say. <clears throat> I, I kind of see where you're going with that. Uh, it's a little tricky for me only because okay. I'm like, oh, like, like the Samoans still have their school. Right. Still like, kicking on names and stuff like that but I'm just saying like, the big but, like names no one ever really no big ever really came out of there like, okay. and that's why I'm like like Rikishi is separate from them even though he, he he was with them but he didn't train with them you know what I mean no I thought I thought that he trained I thought in the interview he said that they trained him how to be in the business yes yes so but he didn't go to their school well I mean did they have a school back then per se like if you're getting trained by somebody that's still the t- it's still being, okay, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I guess, yeah, because they didn't have, like, a school at that time. That The, the wrestling, there weren't wrestling schools, really, at that time. Technically, the dungeon is not a school. It's still, it's just the basement of the heart household. <laughs> like, it wasn't a school where you paid for, like, teaching and stuff like that. You just went for training. But they knocked out a lot of, you know, superstars. <laughs> they come up and it's from there. I feel you. I guess, I guess in your traditional sense, as far as school, school, as far as Walter, he might be like technically like the only big, the only real school that really popped out like name names as far as like a, you paying for a course type of thing. Yeah, yeah. he was, And it's interesting because, yeah, he was the first ever real wrestling school. Right. Prior to him, there were wrestling camps. Right. Because I was going to say, there really aren't a lot of schools like, or that I know of. That you know, are a school school in 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 that type of sense. You know, well, now there's a ton of them. Every state has at least two. Oh, okay, okay. How good they are is you know that's another story. Yeah, but yeah. but every state has at least two. Right, because I know you obviously was at Walters, and you did also Steve Bradley School. Um, yes. At that time, <clears throat> and then you went to the the uh, the Maximos in New York. Yep. Um, but then, then later all on, I went to probably the best wrestling school of all time, OVW. You you put them over Walter? Oh yeah, OVW. Here's the thing: uh, if nothing else, it, it comes down to finances. Why I put them over Walters? Oh because okay, but not 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 tutelage. Even well, tutelage I'd probably put on. Actually, even tutelage I'm gonna put OVW over Walters. Who were the trains at OVW? Rip Rogers. And no one else? Uh, not if you're in the advanced class. They, they do have other trainers. Well, n- now I want to say it's Al Snow is, is the trainer there. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just, just curious because I know with, you, with Walter, it was Slick. It was uh, uh, April. It was... Uh, I feel it, like was re- it was really yeah. Slick in April. They were like the, the trainers. Right. Um, but I, I, I credit DC Dillinger uh, with a lot of uh, my stuff because he personally worked with me. Okay. Because um, I, I and I will fully admit this right now on the air. Uh, when I first got into wrestling, I was very scared. In what aspect? Um, like scared to do things. Like, like I scared to go the top rope. I was scared to do drop kicks. Um, things like that. And uh, DC Dillinger worked with me. He was very patient. Um, he, you know, he literally held my hand uh, for me to climb to the top rope. So, why, so if you so apprehensive, what made you want to get into the business if you had all these uh, fears? Funny you ask that. And if you yeah. had asked me this two weeks ago, I probably would have had a different answer. Okay. But thinking about it now, I love promos. So, okay. So, in in your mind, in theory, you probably. Like would love to be a manager then, because that's all they do is get on the mic and you know talk without the. I mean, they take that bump here and there, but it's not as active as an actual perform, you know, wrestler performer. Well, and so again, so and it's funny because there's things you know that I know about myself now. Yeah. That 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 I that I understand you know that I didn't understand then, but but being a manager was never an option for me because I, I wanted to be in the spotlight. Managers in the spotlight, though, not the same. Okay, you know, uh, you know, the manager is the bacon to to the steak. 
Right. And, uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I wanted to be in the spotlight, but also like, I, I like fighting. Okay. So, so it was one of those things like if, if, if wrestling, like, like if I started wrestling in the sixties, yep. I wouldn't have had any fears because no one was leaving their feet. Okay. Like if everything else is the same, you know, about me, but it's yep. just 1960 style wrestling. Yeah. Yep. I, I would have been great. Cause I'm like, you know, I was coming off of my, my martial arts background, you know, legit, uh, undefeated martial artists and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, so like, I liked fighting. I like, you know, I wasn't afraid of that stuff. Um, yep. you know, I was just afraid of like flipping upside down. I was afraid of going to the top rope. Um, those sort of things. Okay. Do you um, still have, do you have any fears of taking bumps? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, um, so to this day, I still have a fear of the top rope. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's interesting. Actually, I briefly trained at CZW a few years ago. Yep. And uh, DJ Hyde, um, he's the head trainer there. And he gave me so much crap uh, because over at CZW, they do a drill as part of their warm-ups where okay. you stand on the top rope and do squats. That's a little crazy. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like man, what's what's the point of doing squats on the turnbuckle and not just doing squats on the floor? Because the, you get better at being on the top rope on the turnbuckle. And after you do 10 squats on the turnbuckle, you then have to do the uh, flip bump off. Like the Ric Flair, Ric Flair uh, flip bump? Yep. Like, so you run into the turnbuckle, you have to backflip up. No, no, the no, no, not that one. Oh, okay. The one you know where Flair will go up top and get slammed off the top rope. Yes. That so yeah, you have to do that by yourself. So nobody's nobody's slamming you. You just do a front flip off the turnbuckle. Right. On your back. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the end game on that drill is, but okay. I, I guess somewhat. You- I guess I can somewhat see with the squats. So like you, you can propel your legs, you know, if you gotta do some like cross body, so you, you know you get the the formation off of it. But I don't know what the whole invisible body slam off the turnbuckle does for you to to be able to take that bump. Yeah, but you're just taking a regular. It's no different than taking a regular like hip toss, I guess you know, or like you know, hip toss but, maneuver. But you're doing it off the top rope now. Oh, okay. All right. Which does make a difference. And so, like, the point of the squats, now you can get your balance and, like, you can be on the top rope, excuse me, be on the top rope and be good. Yeah. And then you take that bump off of it to be good at taking that bump. And uh, so, so like I said, that's part of their warm-up. Yep. And so DJ's like, all right, this is what we're doing. And uh, I looked at him and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't go to the top rope. (laughs) And he was like, you call yourself a wrestler? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> were you and, able to uh, come to the uh, so I, I gotta give DJ DJ credit yep um, and I don't know if he'd want me to tell people this because I feel like he's got a reputation and attitude as a big mean tough guy okay he literally held my hand and, and helped me get to the top rope he held my hand while I did the 10 squats and then he slammed me off the top Okay. And did you have an upgrade to him not being there doing it on your own or no? I wasn't there long enough. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Okay. All right. So, uh, but but yeah. Um, One day so, you conquer your fear. Maybe. <laughs> you never know, dude. I I did a kip up um, a week ago, first time in my life. Why were you scared of doing a kip up? Never scared of it. Just never, oh. never really cared to do it. Oh, okay. Now that that was like another of your like your wrestling fears. No, that that was not so much a fear. Just a like, yeah. I, I, it's funny when I started wrestling, I always envisioned myself to be, you know, Bobby Lashley. Okay. Um, so I never, I never, I didn't even, it, it's funny to think back because there was a period of time where I was known as England's greatest high flyer, or at least one of them. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, I never went to the top rope. I'm like, but so I you did the drop kick. What's so you basically, you basically were Brian Pillman then? Not even. At least Brian Pillman <laughs> did the cross body off the top. No, yeah, <laughs> but like you said, he got that title even though there was like other guys like too cold that was actually yes. for that title. <laughs> yes. I, I, I was able to get that title with, with a drop kick, a, a dive over the top, and a lot of fake acai moonsaults. Okay. Which, okay. Uh, Mark Mark moment, um, <laughs> he, he, he picked up on that one, one time, and he was like, wait a minute. He's like, you always call for the moonsault, and then, then the guy cuts you off. He's like, what happens if the guy forgets to cut you off? <laughs> yeah, no, right? Then you have to, then you're up there, you got to do it. Right? Like, <laughs> and uh, thankfully, that's never happened because I, yeah, I don't know what I would do if, if the guy didn't cut me off. I'd be like, <laughs> all right, all right. So you, so you have some apprehension, still have some apprehensions on the, on the flippity moves, basically. I do. But, uh, but what's interesting though is I'm becoming a better athlete than I've ever been. Okay. And that's why I said, like, I randomly did a kip-up in my gym the other day. Um, and I was just like, wow, never done that before. That's cool. <laughs> well, it's always good to, you know, uh, challenge yourself. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. But for anybody, for anyone that's listening, it's always good to challenge yourself. Because you might have predisposed ideas and thoughts of, you know, what you uh, can do and won't do. But then, you, you know, stumble upon something. Absolutely. And uh, I would say anybody getting into wrestling, like, yeah, challenge yourself and you'll surprise yourself because, uh, I mean, anybody that knew me when I first started training, like, I was horrible at everything. Now, would you, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, top turnbuckle, but would you ever do, like, like middle turnbuckle moves, like off the middle turnbuckle? Oh, I was the king of the middle turnbuckle, double axe okay. handle. Uh, all right, <laughs> you know, leg drop, elbow drop, all that. No leg drop, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, d- second turnbuckle, double axe handle, fist drop, elbow okay. drop. Um, I even actually, uh, when I was training with the SATs, um, I was doing some lucha stuff off the second turnbuckle. I was gonna say, uh, they say it's one of the easiest moves, uh, but it looks you know very complicated and deadly. Uh, would you ever take or give, either way, uh, a Canadian destroyer? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Too flippity for you? I think so. Okay. Um, with that being said, I don't know. I mean, the right situation. So just as an example, I- I've taken a Frankensteiner off the top rope before. Really? Yes. 
that combines both of your two no-nos, Flippity yes. and Turnbuckle. Yes. So who, was able, who was able to coax you to get up to do the, take that? JT Dunn. Ah, okay. But he's Shout a little out. guy, correct? What's that? He's he's like a little guy, right? I mean, I don't want to call him a little guy. That that, that I don't know if that's offensive. Uh, but yeah, he's not big. No, but I'm saying like little guy, like Ray Mysterio's like like cruiserweight size. I think he's a lot bigger than Ray Mysterio. At least a lot taller. Oh, really? Yeah, JT's probably like five nine, five ten. Okay, okay. All Mysterio's right. Mysterio's five three. Oh, okay. All right. He looks so big though. But um, you took that off of, and was it like a like a championship match or was it a throwaway match? Um, I think it was for the NCW New England Championship. So that probably helped pump you up a little bit to take it. Yeah, that helped pump up. Uh, the crowd was hot, and it was JT. So, so JT Dunn, um, when he started wrestling, yeah, um, I was assigned to work with him to, to help slow him down. Oh, okay. And literally, right. that's what I was told. Like, okay, it's really good. He needs to be slowed down. Okay, all right. And, uh, and he asked you to take the move in the back, or was it called in the in the ring? No, in the back, in the back. Oh, okay. Um, but but this is so this so I started working with him to slow him down, and we had a series of matches. Yep. And you just you know sometimes you feel a person, and you're like, oh, like we flow well together. Yep. And he and I flowed well together. So this was after building up a couple of years of trust. Yep. And then you fast forward; it's a uh, big match, big show. And um, and at this point, he's been doing his thing. Um, it's not like when he just started, and it's like, oh, I need to slow him down. At this point, okay. he's like, he's worked with the Hardys, and he's done this and that, you know. Okay. And so it's like, okay, like he he knows what he's doing. He, he's working with big names, and so when he called it in the back, like I was just like, let's do it. And this is around the time I was training with the SAT, so I was more fluid with stuff like that, anyways. Got you, got you. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, because I'm taking that bump compared to the the training um, exercises you took for the body slam. That was that seems at least the body slam you you're falling uh, front forward flip. That one, the Frankenstein off the turnbuckle is backwards. No, that's still a front foot flip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm picturing in my head, but uh, yeah. And, and but that's, this, that one though, he's grabbing you by the legs, and you have to do it all the same thing all your on your own. Right. And that's it. It's funny as we're talking about it. That's probably yep. why CZW has you do that warm up because it's like, yeah, you you might be in a ring situation where you basically got to take a flip bump off the top bar. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, well, would you ever take it again, or is that a one time thing? I mean, you never say never, but it would really have to be the right circumstance and situation. Yeah, like we're talking like AEW, like you know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess um, speaking of uh, the big shows, we're hard off of um, uh, Survivor Series, so now we have yeah. all the So I've uh, caught uh, Raw, NXT, and um, a little bit of SmackDown. Nice. Look at you watching a bunch of wrestling. Yeah, so um, obviously starting with Raw, um, now that uh, the bloodline seems like there's information now. Uh, now Jay and uh, Sammy are uh, best besties now. Crazy, yeah. And it's now really we have 
What's that? They're feeling oozy. They are. And now we have, I guess, uh, a few with KO and Sammy. Uh, okay. So now they're, you know, no longer besties. Makes sense. And, uh, yeah. And um trying to think of other highlights of Raw. Um, Miz and um, uh, uh, what's his face? Dexter Lumis. Dexter Lumis. They're still continuing their, their feud. Uh, what else? Um, Jay had a match against uh, uh, Ko because uh, you know, obviously him and Sammy. So he has to go after you know him and Sammy don't want to face each other, but you know Jay will take the helm. I, I'm digging Jay more um, of the Usos because Jimmy's very he don't talk a lot. It seems like Jay's on the mic with the angry dog face, uh, just ice grilling everybody when he's on the mic. <laughs> like Jimmy, not so much. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, uh, and actually, chill. yeah, he's just, he's the chill. And then uh, Soa don't really speak. He just looks at the camera all angrily. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the NXT, um, NXT is not it's sort of going down in, in my eyes. Uh, really? Yeah. So it, it, I don't know. I think when when Vince restarted 2.0, it was on and cracking, and now that Sean is behind the helm, it's I don't know. It's losing its left in my eyes. Interesting. Go on. Yeah. What yeah. about it? I don't know. The storylines don't seem to be as entertaining as before. Okay. You know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think on, on the NXT side of things. Who uh, was on the crack? Oh, Grayson Weller. Uh, Waller. Waller. He him at University U. Had a match with a new University uh, Duke Hudson guy. Okay. And you have Braun Breaker against... Uh, I forget the, that's another thing Braun Breaker Baby Steiner I call him uh, they need to make him a heel like Steiner's not supposed to be good guys they're supposed to be baddies you know slamming folks on their heads taking no you know if ands or buts the Steiners uh, were always good guys though until Big Papa Pope not really the, they were heel. the Steiner brothers were heels at one point I don't think so I think I thought. Well, Rick was like destroying uh, Jabba's uh, enhancement tiles left and right. Yeah, Jabba but I not. think he was a babyface doing that. All right. Well, he oh, Braun Breaker needs to do the same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drop dudes on their heads. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I think ultimately it's just a different era, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It seems like everybody's all smileys and showing their teeth and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, I, oh, okay. Braun was going against um, Van Van Wagner. Yes. Okay, yep, yep. Von Wagner. Von Wagner. Yeah. Oh, and um, T Bar appeared on uh, NXT. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, he's back. Is he, is he still T Bar or is he Die Jack again? No, he now. Yeah, uh, Die uh, Jack. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But unmasked, unmasked now. So he wants to put his name. In the in the championship realm with Braun Breaker and all of them, he, he called him up for challenge him and Paulo Cruz. He challenged him, all the other big names. Wait, Apollo Cruz is over there? Yeah, he's been I over there. Realize that he had a pay per view match with uh wait, um Wallen Gracer at Halloween Havoc. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, and 
SmackDown, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember SmackDown as much, but yeah, Was that's the Tribal Chief there. What's that? Was the Tribal Chief there? I don't think so. I think it was just the bloodline. Wow, that's crazy. I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, I can't remember. All good. All good. It was. Just, I think I fast forward through a lot of it. Uh, but that's on the WWE side of things. Oh, I did see. Uh, it wasn't show. It wasn't any uh, promotional shows, but it was the um, territory stories that Vice does. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So I saw Florida and Texas and in Canada and Stampede. So for the Stampede show uh, they had at the table was Brett. Abdullah, um, uh, Doctor D, and another. It was like classless somebody, somebody that was from the Stampede era. That's uh, wild. I can't picture Abdullah the Butcher like sitting at one of those, you know. Tables not, he, was like, he was big in Stampede though. Like him and the Hearts have like a great like history between like family history. I didn't know. Yeah, um, and then on the Florida table was um, Kevin Sullivan. Um. Uh, uh. What's it? Uh, uh. I can picture his face, but it was this. Is this guy? Um. There's a clip of him on YouTube stretching another wrestler, uh, and making him scream in like horror and pain. Um. He was like an Olympic wrestler. Kempatera. Uh, no. Um. Ah. Uh, It'll come to me later. Uh, all good, all good. Uh, who else was uh, on the Florida episode? Uh, Florida, Florida, Florida. Oh, um, the dude that plays Skinner, and he was on the Fabulous Ones tag team. Oh, uh, Steve Kern. Steve Kern, yep. It was him. And one more other person that I am drawing a blank on. And so it was them. And then on the Texas WCCW show was... Um, Von, the the Von Eric that's still with us. Um, okay. Not which. Uh, Gary was a technical Kevin was another one that passed away. Well, what was his name? Yeah, was it David Von Eric? I think he passed as well. I want to say. I think he was a kid. But the Soul Survivor basically. It was, uh, oh, which, uh, quick side note: Speaking of yeah. uh, the Von Erics. Yep. Have you seen that they're making a movie about them? No. They're making a movie about them. And I think it's a pretty big movie because Zach Efron is in it. Really? And, uh, he is all juiced to the gills. So he's on Cowboys Diet? Definitely on the Cowboys Diet. <laughs> I mean, could be he's, could be natural. <laughs> you got to look at the pictures, man. <laughs> okay. He is looking like an 80s pro wrestler. Oh, wow. Oh wow! I mean, you know, some '80s pro wrestler guys were relatively small. He's looking like a, <laughs> a legit '80s pro wrestler. <laughs> okay. Like, wow, Zach Efron. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so they're doing a story on the Von Eriks or the wrestling territory in Texas. That's a good question. Okay. It's kind of one and the same. Okay. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah. But I think it's on the Von Eriks. I think. Okay. All right, well, he was on the show. Um, Chavo Guerrero was on the show. Um, some female wrestler I'd never seen before. She was uh, on the show. And who's the last person? There was a, all these always had like four people on the tables. But okay. I forget, I'm forgetting. But none of, 
the, the case may be, it, it was a good rundown of how the territories used to be, you know, uh, back in the day. They always talk about the stories of, like, certain wrestlers, uh, certain storylines that were, like, you know, crazy. Um, especially for, like, the Texas one was obviously the Von Erics and the Freebirds. Oh, uh, yeah. And finally, I always thought the Freebirds were from Texas, but they're from Georgia. So I always thought that it was so interesting <coughs> that they had, because, you know, during the territory days, you had, <coughs> you know, a Texas promotion you know texas family but then you have like these georgian bad boys coming in like you know from bad street you know with their theme yeah. song like you know, tearing, bad tearing, street usa tearing down bad house street and atlanta ga yeah which was like almost like the whole it was similar to like the whole invasion gimmick of wwe but this was like an invasion of like two different states i feel you i feel you um which was cool uh and then the stampede episode uh, was cool because you know Brett talking about you know the Heart Foundation, all the stories of like you know Stu stretching people, and then like Abby coming in telling his stories of like you know how how he was viewed by the uh, Canadian audience, you know stabbing people with like forks and all crazy stuff like that. <laughs> and the Florida episode was cool too because you know it talked about Kevin Sullivan uh, going to the grocery store in his full gimmick and like the whole like. His whole ministry darkness angle and uh, how like Florida Championship Wrestling was really big back back then. I didn't know that Steve Kern orchestrated the FCW promotion as well. Like yes. later, uh, you know, years. I was like, wow, I did not know that. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, and it's funny because I always thought <laughs> I always thought you know him as Skinner. So I thought he was always like an enhancement talent guy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was really big back in the day. Right. Like, I just never, you know, saw that with him. Because, uh, you know, obviously as a kid, you see him with the chewing tobacco spitting on people. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny to think about, like, there's a bunch of talent in WWF at that time where, yep. like, you would have no idea that they, they were big stars prior to that. Nah. Like, nah. Uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. He was the executioner in WWF. I don't remember, I don't remember the name, the executioner. Exactly. Did he come in as, like, a mid-level or was he enhancement talent? He was along the lines of a Skinner. Okay, okay. Probably not even as big as Skinner. I'm like, Skinner had a lot of good vignettes. I feel like the executioner, like, he, he had, like, two vignettes and they were, like, because he, he wasn't a talker. Yeah. So, it's like, Now yeah. I think about it, with the whole Skinner thing, it sort of makes sense because all the vignettes were in the Everglades. Right. And it <laughs> you know, he was a Florida guy, so now putting two and two together. For sure, for sure. That's so hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, I just remember going down to Florida when I visit, we used to visit my grandparents down there. And, you know, at late night, I would catch like FCW on, on the tube. Nice. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, these are, it seems like wrestling in general has had like a boost in the shot in the arm, like between like the, the wrestler and talent. Between the storyline, between now all like these old stories coming back from yesteryear, guys, like again, their shine. Like it's, it's it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, it really is, um, especially yeah. with all our modern technology. Yeah, got the network able to show all the oldies and goodies. Yes, with the promos and pat intact, you know. No, absolutely. Which you ready, 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 ready for this bombshell? What's that? Here, here's my hot take. We'll, we'll get more into it on another episode. Okay. But I was just thinking about this. ECW in 1996. Yeah. yeah. If 
internet <laughs> streaming was a thing. Yeah. ECW would not only have not gone out of business, they yeah. probably would have been the number one wrestling promotion in the country. I believe it. I believe it. The only thing that would be detrimental to them as far as being very short-lived is their workers. Because mm. not, not the ring performance, but the backstage stuff, because they were pretty much heavily... And you know how like the 80s were all about you know gear and all that type of stuff that they were on that took them out. This was they all class C substances were probably taking their career, you know. That that's true. They would have more money to indulge in that type of stuff. That that's very true. So yeah, that that might be the only <laughs> only issue there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but that was the culture of wrestling at that time. I mean, it's funny to think about one, like that's what no, Michael that was Only for that promotion though. No, I mean, think WWF. That's when you had Michaels. He was all pilled up. Yeah, but those were different, different class of drugs, though. ECW, I think they were doing more hardcore. Like, I don't think heroin would be like out the realm of possibilities. Of gotcha. Them, you, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, like Michaels, then was like somas and like prescription drugs. It wasn't like street drugs. Well, here's my take on that, though, because yep. a lot of people try to be like, oh, they're prescription drugs. But it's like, yep. yeah, but you're not taking them for their prescribed purpose. Right. Right. That's true. That's true. And it's not like like the doctor would be like, take one every four hours. And Michael yep. would take 30. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they always I remember like Kevin Nash was saying, like, they would always to see who can do more like somas. Like, in right. the, like, they would be like oh, I take like, you know, he was a big guy. So like I could take the most. But then like kid would try to follow up you know uh at the same time but you know he'd be, you know, it'd be a rap after for him he'd, yeah <laughs> yeah you know he'd be drooling on himself but yeah yeah and what's really crazy to me with those stories yep. is they talk about how they the, the timing they'd be like oh you take it right before your match so that way it's kicking in after your match is over yeah yeah that's crazy to me i'm like what well, yeah, because they didn't know how to, like, I remember I was listening to an interview with Bruce the Barber. He take you know, tell, tell you, you take Valium after the show because that was the only way that they can relax. Yeah. So I guess either they're hyped up on endorphins from the match and they need to, you know, get, you know, onto the, the next show or, like, they just can't settle themselves. They just got the jits. Yeah, a little bit of, of everything. And, I mean, I don't know if there were other things involved that would attribute to that. But I'll just say right. from my own experiences, right. um, I, I mean, there, there's probably no stronger drug in the world than, than, than wrestling in front of a hot live audience. Right. Um, like, I mean, yeah, it just, ooh. And I'm like, and the biggest audience I've ever wrestled in front of was 2,000. Right. And that, I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you what that experience felt like. But the thing is, if they all right, so if they wrestle that night, the next night they're not wrestling another performance, correct? It's usually like one day off for them to travel, gym, eat, and then it might be like another match next day. Nah, those days it was a match every night. But they weren't doing it five days a week, though. Yeah, they were back in those days. Really? They were wrestling Monday through Friday? It would be like, well, again, it, and I don't know how different it was from when I started and people were doing Thursday through Tuesday. Got you. Um, but but it was something like that because you, you had the house shows Friday, okay. Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Uh, Raw would be Monday. This is before SmackDown. So, okay. the, you know, but you're talking at least four nights. So you think they're doing these like pills 
to so because I would thought like if you're going from one night to another, you still want to keep up like that that energy, and then obviously once that the, the week is concluded, then you want to relax and settle down, do whatever errands you need to do. I would thought that's when you know. Well, you, you gotta sleep. Yeah, but all right, but like you still have hours between the next show. So when you're traveling or flying to the next show, you sleep then, and well, then the, the show late in the evening. It's not like. No, what? but that's, see, that, that's the part that you're missing. That, that's they, they, you do it because you need to unwind and get to sleep. You're right, all but jacked up from wrestling and these are all evening shows, though. These aren't like like early afternoon morning shows that they go. No, to. but let, let's say you you get done with the show at eleven, right? You're you're to the hotel by midnight, one whatever, right? You're not tired. You're you're jacked up. You've been hanging with the boys. You've been talking. You like especially if you had a good match. Right, right, right. You get it. You're all like, yeah, yeah you know. Next show isn't until like eight that same evening. It's like people that work graveyard shift. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like that. Gotta, but but you've got other stuff you got to get done too because you still got to get your workout in. You got to get to the building early. Oh, okay. If well, you're right. on the TV tape, you got to be in the building at noon. I was really yes. And but the TV tape is not like till like raw. You know, SmackDown like eight, nine, seven. You know what I'm saying? So what right. are they doing? Seven hours. At the event. hurry up and wait, and that's why guys would get bored and be doing stuff. But but yeah, I was gonna so, say yeah, that's some boring, that's some terrible downtime. It, it is, but the reason for it, that the yeah. the promoter wants to make sure you're at the building, and that that way they don't have to, you know, worry or think anymore. They're like, okay, I know who's here. I I can understand that, but that time of window is a little extreme. It is, but that's <laughs> you know, and and I think the idea is, that's and crazy. I will say from my from my own experiences, yeah, like, and I'll use uh, let's say a show starts at seven thirty, yeah. For me, ideally, I'd like to probably be there at four thirty. Exactly. Most call time is two hours beforehand, but I find three hours to be like a good window. Yeah, that gives you enough time to socialize and get ready. Yeah, but if you're there at noon. Woo! Yeah, it's a long day. It's a long yeah. day. Yeah. Like, there's only so much conversation you can do between, you, get, you know, chatted out and then, like, you're in the locker room, you know, like... But they had to... You got to think about this, too. They they film vignettes. They film pre-tapes. Oh, okay. All right, so maybe that make the time go by relatively, hopefully, quickly. Only if you're one of the people doing one of those things. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody's got to be there at noon, you know? So I can imagine now, obviously, guys, you know, the the, the vets, I remember you telling me that Undertaker episode where you was talking about guys playing video games. That's an actually good time killer, but I'm just imagining, like, before then, like, how would they kill time, like, with that Cars, type of, like... drinking. Whew. That's, you know, like, um, I, I've heard Cornette talk about, he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, it was mainly guys would either be playing cards or telling stories. And then if if you were the type of guy, because Cornette, um, I don't want to call him straight edge. Okay. But he, he doesn't drink. And I don't think, he, and he doesn't smoke weed. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's basically for all intents and purposes. He might as well be straight edge, I guess. He just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, he said, he's like, oh, but if you're the type of guy that likes to drink or whatever, you, it's like, you know, there were guys that were drinking and playing cards or telling stories or different territories had different guys doing different things at different time periods, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's great. Yeah, that, that's what you did to kill the time. Woo! Man. Man. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Very, very 
interesting. But uh, like you said, with ECW, I, I I I agree. I definitely agree. If the internet was what it is now, yeah, and the that they had at that peak were the matches where you had like RVD and Jerry Land, you had Sable, right. you had you know Shane Douglas in um, Triple Threat, uh, and then you had like the Cruiserweights. Will yeah. pop you know, like Mysterio and Malenko and Benoit pop the heads in. Yeah, yeah. Prime Cactus Jack, Prime Cactus Jack, and the promos that they would cut with New right. Jack. Yeah, the vignettes. Like, yeah, if the if the stars were in line, Vince and Ted would have had to, you know, be running, exactly. be running into them. You know, exactly. but yeah, what could have been? What could have been? <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I was gonna say um, we're getting co- towards the uh, 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 magic time. So I was gonna say um, since WrestleFest has ended, are you on your month uh, sabbatical until the next ma- next event? Yes, I am, and it is glorious. Okay. I ate some garlic fries at Wendy's last night. Okay. Um, and I I had some of my mom's sweet potato pie. Uh, so what do you do on your downtime when you're not wrestling? I eat French fries and pie. Okay, all right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll be curious, like what other guys do on their downtime when they're not like wrestling. Do they try to go out and do some more training, or try to not have wrestling, you know, overindulge their life so they don't get burnt out? You know what I, I mean? Think most guys train. Okay. Most well, well, number one, I'm one of the few people that takes downtime. Right. Because, I mean, technically, there is no downtime. If I wanted to, I could have, I could be wrestling on a show right now, literally. Well, not at this hour, but there is a show this afternoon in, like, somewhere around Rhode Island. Right. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I I could be wrestling shows, but I'm like, I've always liked the idea of taking off uh, pretty much the month of December. Okay. Going Um, into January. What's that? Going into the new year. Yeah, going into the new year. It allows the body to rest. Uh, allows the mind to rest, and uh, I, I don't feel bad about enjoying the holidays and holiday things. Right. Um, you know, so like right now, uh, I'm like, oh, like no immediate bookings coming up. The game plan is to uh, in- thoroughly enjoy myself um, over the next three, four weeks. Right. Um, like right. I said, uh, you know, French fries and pie, like that's a legit thing. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be trying uh, Reese's right. now has like some kind of Reese's cake. Uh, I'm gonna be trying that out. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Not like yeah. in, your, in your bulk phase. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it a bit of a bulk phase. <laughs> and then the uh, then uh, probably right right leading up to New Year's, uh, I'll yep. probably start start back. You know, training. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be training throughout like lifting weights and cardio i'll be doing that throughout oh okay all right cool yeah i'll be doing that throughout but i'm just not gonna be really care i'm gonna i'll probably eat you know like like it's not like every meal is gonna be wendy's (laughs) but when it's when it's around i'm gonna enjoy it okay and then uh but but yeah once once we start getting closer to january uh at that point in time i'll I'll hit the brakes on the the junk food yep It'll just be nonstop healthy. Uh, I assume that uh, my sponsor, Blackstone Labs, um, I assume that they will be doing another um, end of year contest. They do it every year. Okay. Um, 
And uh, so I assume they'll be doing that again this year. Uh, and if they do, I'll definitely be entering it. Um, the idea is they give you from like the end of December till the end of March. It's three months. Yeah, January, February, March. So yeah, from the end of December till the end of March to yeah. get the best shape that you can. Okay. And, uh, whoever like makes the best progress wins like a bunch of supplements and things like that. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, so, so yeah, I'll enter that again this year. I, I've entered it a few times. Uh, I've never won it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, you never know, you know. You never know. Exactly. <clears throat> All right, cool. It's a good, good uh, top off of the year. Um, so what is on uh, today's water jug? Today's water jug, O-Y-K. What does that acronym stand for? Own your kingdom. Okay. And that's that. That's the message for everybody today and going out into this week. Own your kingdom because uh, your life is your world and that is your kingdom. And uh, if you are the king of a kingdom or the queen of a kingdom, like it yep. is your job to, to make sure the kingdom is running at its best. Okay. Okay. All right. I like it. So, yeah, so it's all about owning your kingdom. And uh, I think uh, a lot of us, you know, we, we think of ourselves as just kind of going about day to day and, you know, just kind of living whatever. And it's like, no, you, your life is your kingdom. Yeah. And, uh, so own it. Make it the best that it can be. Yeah. Yeah, man. I dig it. I dig it. So on that note, if you want to take us out on this nice sunny Sunday. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a nice sunny Sunday, actually. I've, I've been in the garage the whole time. Didn't look out the window. I just looked now and I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. It is a nice sunny day. Get you, get you some vitamin D, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's cold, though. Uh, I mean, <laughs> for December, it's not too bad. I mean, yesterday it was 60. True, true. So yeah, December, not too bad. But nah. right now, I'm in my PJ pants and my hoodie and my socks. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. But, but yeah. But yes. Uh, anyways, everybody, thank you for indulging us, listening to another rousing edition of Before the Three Counts. We have wrapped up the year 2022 doing more content than 94% of creators in the Word. same uh, category. Yeah, so, man. So uh, we've, we've been killing the game, and that's we thanks to all pack. of you. What's yep. that? I said we are leading the pack. Yes. Yes, we are leading the pack. The Wolf Pack is back because of mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, no, we couldn't have done it without all of you all over the world listening. Uh, we, we love you. We appreciate you. We respect you. We uh, hope you have a great day, week, month, even your year. And until next time, we will see you right here uh, before the three count. Taking it out for y'all. One, two, three. <laughs>